Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Only then will you be prosperous and successful. That verse can be found in Joshua 1.8. My name is Molly Jones, I'm 16 years old, and I'm a junior at Wakulla High School. My parents are Kyle and Susan Jones, and my papa is Henry Jones, the pastor. (laughs) A few weeks ago, my papa preached a sermon, and he made a comment that visitations from the Lord can come in a variety of different ways. And he also made the comment that if you need a visitation from the Lord, the best place to start is getting in your Bible. So today, I'm going to be sharing with you a visitation that I had from the Lord. And it wasn't this big miraculous thing. I didn't see an angel. I didn't hear a word from God. But it was a visitation, and that's what I'm going to share. So at my school, there is a dual enrollment program. This program allows high school students to take college classes. But to get into this program, you have to pass a three-part test. And one of those parts, I could not pass. Over the course of several years, I took this test probably about six or seven times. I went to tutoring. I studied day after day, hour after hour. And every single time I took this test... I got the same exact score. So all indication really showed that I would never be able to make the score I needed on this test. And you know, the world says that your past performance indicates your future success. However, when God gets involved and you have an encounter with him, the rules change. So let's back up about two years ago. My dad started doing something in my house. My dad and my boyfriend Sage started having morning devotion. And about a year and a half ago, I started getting involved along with my mom and Sage's sister, Allie. Every single morning, 6.45 to 7.15, we get up and we read our Bibles and pray. I'm not even going to lie, it was really hard at first. (laughs) But we've gotten so used to it now that even when my dad is out of town, we still get up and read our Bibles every day. Little did I know how much this would actually impact my life. So over the past year and a half, I took the verse Joshua 1a and I claimed it. And I asked the Lord to help me on this test. So recently, I got down to the wire on this test. If I did not get the score that I needed, I was going to be kicked out of the program. So one Friday, I went to go take this test. I didn't even tell my dad that I was doing this. There was something different about this day. I had a sense of determination and courage that I did not have in the past. 
So when I first started taking the test, I immediately started praying. I prayed over my pencil, my paper, my computer. I prayed over everything. And when I was done, I went and got the proctor, and she started pulling up my score. I just had to look away. And then I hear her say something. She says, wow, that is a high score. I look, and I say, that's mine? She goes, well, yeah, honey, whose else would it be? I said, that was all God. In this situation, God chose to intervene. Not only did I get the score that I needed by far, the high school counselor said that this was the highest score that they've seen by anybody in a really long time. God decided to intervene and show up in this situation. And I honestly believe that the reason he made this decision is because I was able to get his attention through many months of prayer and reading the Bible and meditating on his word. So, today, if you're facing something that seems impossible, if you're in a fight that you feel like you just can't win, then you need an encounter from the Lord. And I'm about to tell you how to get one. whether to preach or give an invitation. Is my mic on? It is now. Praise the Lord. Molly, what a great job. Thank you for sharing that with us. Church, can we read this together? All together. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, this is a promise that the Savior gives to us in his word. But it is directed toward a certain group of people. Those who have his commandments, those who keep his commandments... And Jesus defines that as those who really and truly love him. That real love for the Savior means that you have his commandments, you keep his commandments, and you strive to walk according to his standards. That's real love for the Savior. And and the promise is this. Jesus said, if you do that, if you have my commandments and you keep those commandments then that means you love me, and if you love me, then my Father will love you. And not only will my Father love you, but I will love you. And he says, I will manifest myself to you. What what a great promise. Now, he doesn't say I'll manifest myself to perfect people. And I'm glad, aren't you? Because none of us are. The Bible clearly says in the book of Romans, there's none righteous. No, not one. This is not talking about people who are perfect. This is not talking about people who are flawless. This is talking about people who realize their weaknesses. They know who they are, and they make a choice. They get in the Word of God, and they make a genuine commitment to keep the truths of the Word. 
They strive to live according to the word of God. And here's what Jesus said. When you do that, his promise to us is that he will manifest himself to us. And that's an amazing promise, isn't it? I mean, I mean, that's awesome. By the way, the idea of manifestations and visitations is all through the Bible. Really, pick your Bible up and just start reading. From the beginning to the end, we find these manifestations, these visitations, where heaven meets earth, where the physical world and the spiritual world brush up against one another and intermingle just for a moment. But that holy, powerful, miraculous moment changes things. The Bible talks about those times when the supernatural moves into the natural world and does things. I guess in the simplest terms, the Bible talks to us, teaches us, that sometimes things can happen for which there is no other explanation except God. God just stepped in. God God just did something. Uh, It may be a voice. It may be hearing a voice. I love that scripture where Jesus said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. Now, it may be an external voice. Some people actually hear an audible voice. I never have, but I've heard some people and I believe them. It may be an audible voice. It may be an internal voice, but they hear the voice of the Lord. And then there are dreams and visions in the night season. And then sometimes... There are people in this congregation, you've already heard some testimonies, you'll hear more in the days to come. There are some people who actually have encounters with heavenly beings. Wow, how amazing. And then there's those who experience a healing, a physical healing, for which there is no medical explanation. None whatsoever. And then miracles in so many different fashions and forms that we wouldn't even know where to start. Miracles taking place. Lights in the darkness. Profound answers to passionate prayers. All those are visitations. Now, like Molly, if you've ever seriously, I'm not talking about casually reading a few verses and moving on, But if you've ever seriously taken the Word of God, the promises of the Word of God, and claimed those promises, and you get before the Lord, and you pray, and you claim them, and you cry out to the Lord, and then God moves in and answers your prayer. By the way, I'd like to see a show of hands. How many of you have ever really poured your heart out to God and you know God answered your prayer? Well, my friends, you had a visitation. Heaven visited you with the answer to your prayer. that's That's a visitation. And I got to tell you, that is just absolutely awesome when that happens. That's amazing when you know that you know that you know that God stepped into your world. And God changed things, rearranged things. Can't explain it any other way, except God showed up on the scene. I've seen all kinds of things, experienced all kinds of things. 
through 40 plus years of ministry. I was a young pastor up in Georgia, and uh, we had a close congregation like this one, and there was a young man in our church, and he got sick. And his mother rushed him to the hospital, and they said, we can't do anything with this, and they sent him to Shands. And we were up in Georgia, his mother and uh, had taken him to Shands. He was there. She calls me from the hospital, and she said, Pastor, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my son. She said, will you call a group of men in the church, and will you have them to meet you right now, right now, and begin to pray for my son that God will spare his life? I said, yes, ma'am, I will. So I started making calls, and finally I... I, I don't remember the number, five, six, seven, but a small group of men agreed to come to the church and pray. I remember where we were. We met in the church, and that particular church, the men got up on the stage, on this side of the stage. We made a circle, and we began to pray. And then I did something that I don't recommend. I don't know how wise this was, and I, I felt like before the night was over that I'd completely failed. I said, guys, let's do something. Let's make a commitment that we will pray for this young man, that God will heal him, but at the same time that he will reveal himself to us and let us know that he has healed him. They said, man, that's a great idea. Let's just do this thing. So we started praying, and I want you to know it was one more powerful and exciting prayer meeting for about 20 minutes. And then it, we started getting tired. After an hour had gone by, we weren't all that excited anymore. But we had made a commitment to pray until God answered. And then another hour went by. No answer. Nothing. And then another hour went by. And we were getting into the night by now. And we prayed and prayed and cried and begged. And, and, and we finally got to the point where we were praying and crying and begging, not so much for the boy, but so we could go home. <laughs> and then finally, feeling like a complete failure, a pastor who had misled his own men, I said to them in defeat, guys, I give up. I'm sorry, it was me. I should have never led you to make such a commitment. The blame is on me. Please forgive me. Let's go home. And we were defeated. And we left. And we went home. And it was late by this time. I crawled in bed. And I was so tired, so defeated, so discouraged. And, and early in the morning... It only been a few hours later, I could hear somebody banging at my door. And I jumped up and I ran to the door, and it was one of the guys that was in the prayer meeting. His name, Marvin Castles. And Brother Marvin is standing there, he's got tears in his eyes, and says, Pastor, 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 I'm so sorry. He said, I sinned against God last night. I said, Marvin, you didn't have time to sin against God last night. We were in a prayer meeting all night long. He said, no, you don't understand. I sinned against God. I said, Marvin, what in the world did you do after you left us? He said, nothing. It was when I was with you. I said, Marvin, come in. I made some coffee. I said, what, what happened? 
He said, we were praying for a sign. We were praying for God to give us a word. We were praying for God to show up. And he said, during our prayer meeting, he said, a light, a brilliant light, so bright that it washed out everything in the sanctuary, just moved in and just hovered above us. I said, Marvin, why didn't you tell us? He said, that's what I'm talking about. I sinned against God. He said, you guys were looking around and you couldn't see anything. By the way, friends, I want to tell you right now, sometimes God will open the eyes of one and nobody else will see it but that one. And we better learn to hear the testimony of others. And he said, he, he said I saw it, but y'all didn't see it. And I was afraid to tell y'all that I saw it because I thought you'd think I'm crazy. I said, Marvin... I don't know what to say except praise God. I said, I wish you'd have told us last night, but at least, we, I said, we got to tell all the other guys. When we pray together, we leave. The boy's mother calls me shortly after that. I answer the phone. She said, oh, pastor, I just want to thank you. She said, I know y'all were praying. So help me, folks. I'm not making any of this up. She said, I know y'all were praying. She said, and last night while y'all were praying, he said, the room was dark. She said, I was praying, and then finally I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes, I saw a bright light come into the room, and it just hovered over my boy, and it was the glory of God. And she said, she said, I know God has healed him, and God did. He got up and walked out of that hospital. And by the way, I got, yeah, hey, I got to tell you, I, I got I to tell you, when I told her about our light, and obviously those lights were at the same time, she, she was beside herself. We rejoiced because God showed up. Now, as Molly said, sometimes you don't see an angel. Sometimes you don't see a light. Sometimes you don't see anything. You just know that God has arrived on the scene. I want to encourage you, if you really want to get inspired, find some of the great heroes of the faith. And start reading some of their material. And there are many heroes out there. I think Billy Graham is one of the heroes of the faith. Billy Graham wrote a book years ago, Angels, 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 God's Secret Agents. I love that book. The whole book is about manifestations and visitations from above. You'll hear so, read so many stories in that book. It is amazing. And then here's a woman. You can just look up her life. And read anything you can find on Corey Ten Boom. How many of you remember that name? She was a survivor of the Holocaust. She, she was one of God's, listen, this is a title. She was one of God's smugglers. This little woman would smuggle Bibles into countries where it was against the law to even own a Bible. And she would carry suitcases full of Bibles into other countries countries. I, I've kind of labeled her as a female James Bond <laughs> on assignment by God. And, and, and some of her stories, you know what she would say? She would get in the customs line and she'd have her suitcases and she'd pray and then she'd say, and I would see these light beings around me. And she said, no matter how thorough they were at searching the other suitcases, she said, I knew mine would go right through. And they did. 
She did it over and over. Somebody described her life as love in action. I'm just telling you, read some of the heroes of the faith and you'll read about the stuff we're talking about during this series of messages on visitations. It, it, is, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, one night years ago, I, I was praying and I was in my Bible and I went to bed early. And right before I went to sleep, I prayed a prayer. This was, this was a prayer I prayed. Lord, let me have a spiritual dream tonight. I said, Lord, I, I, let me just, during the night, just speak to me. I, I want to have a spiritual dream. It's one of the most powerful things that ever happened to me in my life. In the middle of the night, I sat up on the side of the bed. It, it didn't feel like a dream. It didn't feel like a vision. It felt like I was sitting up on the side of the bed. I'm just sitting there. The room is completely dark. And then all of a sudden, there's this glorious light that just comes, just comes, comes right down on me. And I could see the circle of the light right where my feet were. I looked down, and I knew it was like a spotlight was behind me, shining down on me. And I'm thinking, my goodness, what is this? And then I did something. I held my hands out like this. And, and I did my hands, and I could see the shadow of my hands on the floor. The light was so bright. And then something happened that I didn't expect. The light, that moment, it came crashing down on me. I, I, I flinched. I thought it was going to hit me. And then at that moment, I realized that, that the light was not shining on me, that the light was in me, that the light was around me, that I was engulfed in the light. This time I held my hands up, and there was no shadow. And I knew I was in the glory of God. And this is the truth now. This is the truth. I took a deep breath. I thought, I'm about to die. <laughs> this, I'm going to die. And the moment I thought, and I lost my breath, and, the, and, then, and then the moment I, I had that thought, my eyes opened, and it was the next morning. And I thought, oh, my goodness. What was that all about? Well, I want to tell you, it was a visitation. It was a God answered my prayer. And, and it impacted me. I've looked back at that time many, many times. Now, I do need to say this before I move on. I think I've prayed that prayer a thousand times since, and nothing has happened. <laughs> so it's not like you can just pray the prayer and it happens. God moves in His timing. God moves when He's ready to move. God does what He wants to do, and God knows what you need and when you need it. And, and so it's not up to us to, to try to tell God how we want to see a uh, a vision or a visitation or a manifestation. That's God's business. The greatest prayer warrior I've ever known in my whole life, hands down, was named O.G. Hall. He was a pastor in Sopchaffee. Man, when he prayed, things happened. Amazing man of God. And he told me stories, and I, I still to this day hold on to those stories that he told me. He said one night he'd been praying for a long time, and he, he went to bed. And he said in the middle of the night, he said he didn't know if it was a dream or an angel. A, 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 a dream or a vision, I mean. He didn't know if it was a dream or a vision, but he said an angel woke him up and said, get up, come on, I'm going to take you somewhere. And he said that angel took him to a house, and they walked in the house. And he said there was no conversation he didn't ask questions. The angel didn't give any details. They just walk in the house. And he goes from one room 
every room, every closet, everywhere in the house. Shows him this house. He'd never been in this house before. And then he said, and then all of a sudden they were in a church. And he said they walked in the front of the church to the vestibule area. He looked at all of that, went in the worship center, up on stage, behind stage, went all over the church. And he said, the next thing, he opened his eyes. And it was morning. See, it puzzled him. What was that all about? Had some strange things happen to him, but what in the world was that all about? He said, a few months later, a church called him and said, we would like for you to consider coming and being our pastor. He said he felt led of the Lord to at least go visit with him. He said, when he got there, the first thing they said is, we want to show you our pastorium where you'll be living if you take this call. He said, when he stepped through the door, he knew where he was. He said, I knew every room in that house. I knew every closet in that house. I knew where the ba- I knew everything in that house. He said, when they were walking over to the church, he was smiling. He said, I know, I've seen this church. I know. He walked in and everything was just like he saw it when the angel took him. And he said, I knew. He said, I didn't tell them at first. Later on in the ministry, I shared with them. But he said, I knew that that's where God wanted me to go. And I knew God would do great things there. That's a visitation. Now, I got to tell you, I've never had anything like that happen to me. Uh, But I'm open to it, aren't you? I mean, if there's a sign-up sheet, I'll sign up. Whatever you want to say to me, Lord, however you want to reveal yourself to me, but here's what you cannot do. You cannot sign up for it and bypass the Word of God. You can't sign up for it and say, Jesus, I love you, so I want a visitation. It just doesn't work that way. He that hath my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. There are some requirements. Two weeks ago, my mother-in-law passed away, and the, the EMT that transported her to the hospital told us an amazing story. And when my wife and I ran into him, he said, I've got something I've got to tell you. He was so excited. He was beside himself. He said, I I, I was the one that transported your mother, he told Beth, your mother to the hospital. And he begins this way. He said, I, these are his, by the way, he told me, he said, if you'll let me, I'll come tell your whole church's story. And so I said, no, it's too good. I want to tell it myself. And, <laughs> and, and so, <clears throat> he said, I guarantee you that woman is in heaven. That's how he began. I guarantee you that woman is in heaven. Now, we know she's in heaven, but how did the EMT know she was in heaven? I said, man, what happened? He said, well, we put her on the gurney, and from the time we put her on the gurney, she kept saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And he said, and then finally, it went went from Jesus, Jesus, it went to, I see you, Jesus. Oh, I see you, Jesus. I see you, Jesus. And listen... He said, that was enough to give you chill bumps. But he said, it gets better than this. He said, then she started saying, 
Oh, Jesus, I see the food on the table. I'm coming home for supper. Jesus, I'm coming home for supper. He said, I guarantee you that woman's in heaven. Now, now let me, let me be honest with you. It, it wasn't as smooth and as pretty as it is in the movies. You see, my mother-in-law was battling a worn-out, broken body. And she was in pain. And sometimes she was crying. And sometimes she was frightened. And sometimes she would say, I'm afraid. But then there would be moments when heaven would open up, when there would be a visitation or manifestation, and she was caught between those two worlds. And before she died, she slipped her hand out from under the cover. She held her hand toward heaven, and she said, Thank you, Lord, for my healing. And on December the 2nd, 2019, the most, the most godly woman I've ever known in my life received her full and complete and eternal healing. And she went home to be with the Lord. Oh, friends. <laughs> he that hath my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved of my Father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. I believe it, friends. I, I believe it with all of my heart. I want to close by saying a few words that will help some of you here today. And that is, a while back there was a man in this church. He's no longer here. He's since moved on. But before he left the church, he told me one day, standing right back here, he said, Pastor, I just got to be honest with you. This is what he told me. Now, I don't remember his exact words verbatim, but this is pretty close. He said, Pastor, I got to be honest with you. I just don't believe the stories you tell. He said, they're just unbelievable. He said, I just don't believe those things. And he was honest. He was being honest. He said, I, I just... I can't believe what you're saying. And I'm not surprised that he moved on because that would be difficult to sit under a pastor if you don't believe. Here's what I want you to understand. Is there is a big, huge difference between refusing to believe and doubting. There's a big difference. Did you know that the Bible is harsh in what it has to say about those who refuse to believe? But the Bible is kind to those who doubt. They're sincere doubters. But they have doubts. And all of us have doubts at times. Can you believe this? The greatest people of faith in the Bible had doubts from time to time. The saintly mother of Jesus doubted. She had her moments of doubt. Did you know that Mary had her moments of doubt? She, she had carried on a conversation with an archangel by the name of Gabriel. 
Not only that, but what the angel said to her became reality. As a virgin who had never touched a man, she gave birth to the Son of God. Now, friends, on, on the scale of miracles, that's way up at the top, isn't it? She watched him grow up. She saw him do miracles. But there was a moment when she and her other children who were born after the birth of Jesus, when they doubted, they misunderstood the way God worked, and they went to get Jesus. And they said he's lost his mind. You go back and read it. Some translations say he's lost his mind. Some say he's out of his mind. They went to get Jesus and take him home. The mother of Jesus who talked with an angel and gave birth as a virgin had her moments of doubt. Don't beat yourself up if every now and then you say, man, I've got some doubts here. It happens. How How about John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Christ? John the Baptist who saw the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus as a sign that he was the Christ, the Messiah. John the Baptist who introduced him to all those around, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist had his moments of doubt. A year or two after he introduced Jesus, he found himself in prison. How can this be? How can he be the Messiah? How can I be the forerunner? How can I be in prison? What's, something's wrong here. And the human mind and the flesh got in the way, and John doubted. You remember, he sent messengers to Jesus. Are you the one, or should we look for another? I said, did you know that? You know how Jesus responded to that? Do you know how kind Jesus was at that moment of doubt? Jesus said, There's no greater man born of woman than this man. Jesus didn't have one negative thing to say about John. I'm just saying, you can find it all through the Bible. Great men and women of God doubted. One of my my favorite ones, I got to back this up or I'll fall off this stage here in a minute. And one, one of my favorite ones is one of the 12 disciples that we've even nicknamed what? doubting Thomas he was called by Jesus Jesus called it a doubter to be one of the disciples and and he saw the miracles after Jesus had been raised from the dead Jesus met with the disciples and they were there except for doubting Thomas they said Thomas we've seen the Lord he's alive he's risen we've seen him and Thomas said, I, I, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. Here's what Thomas said. Unless I can take my finger and put it in his side and put it in the whole prince in his hand, I will not believe. He doubted. Chosen by God, anointed to be one of the founding fathers of the movement. And yet he doubted. The Bible says a week later, Jesus showed up. The room, the doors were closed. Jesus just walks into the room. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see that? Jesus just walks in the room. I'm sure it took all the air out of the room. He went straight to Thomas. 
Go back and read it for yourself. Read it in a number of different translations. You know what he says to Thomas? Give me your finger. (laughs) You got to love this stuff. Give me your finger. Hold your finger out. Come here. Come here, Thomas. Give me your finger. All right, put your finger right there. Here you go, Thomas. Put your finger right there. You know how Thomas responded? Quoting. I'm quoting the Bible. Thomas responded, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. He was a doubter, but he was a sincere doubter. He doubted it, but he loved God. And he was willing to learn. He was willing to go immediately from being a doubter to my Lord and my God. I want to encourage you today. If there's somebody here, and you've heard me tell these stories, or you read these books, and it's just hard for you to believe, you're in good company. Don't beat yourself up. But I'm just pleading with you, be a sincere doubter. If you're going to be a doubter, be a sincere doubter. And from time to time, you will doubt. It's just human nature to doubt. But be a sincere doubter. Be a doubter who's chasing after God. Be a doubter who's chasing after the truth. Be a, 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 a doubter who, who longs for the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, I chose that statement. You know why I chose that statement? Because it's a quote right out of the Bible. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I think it's 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. You can look it up or, or I'll help you look it up later. But there's about four verses of Scripture that makes a distinction between those who refuse to believe and those who are willing to believe. Oh, they may have doubts. They may be unsure. But they're willing to believe. Even if they doubt, they're willing to believe. You know what the Bible says about those who draw a line and say, I will not believe? The Bible says that when you do that, the God of this age, that's Satan, the God of this age blinds their eyes. Listen, when a man or a woman makes up their mind, I will not believe. I won't, I won't believe. What you're doing is you're handing yourself over to the God of this age, and he not only, uh, your eyes are not only blinded at that moment, but it gets darker and darker because he blinds your eyes. But on the other hand, right in the context, those who are willing to believe, those who are willing to see the truth. The Bible says that God gives them the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you're a doubter, I'm not going to beat you up. And I can tell you, if our Savior were here walking around in this room, he wouldn't beat you up. If you're a sincere doubter, if you long for the truth, if you want to know what it's all about, Oh, he's, he's not going to beat you up. Just, just say this. I'm a doubter, but I'm ready at any minute to move from I just can't get my brain around this to my Lord and my God. I close with this today. This I know for sure. I, I'm positive of this. That those who have his commandments and those who keep his commandments, those are the ones who really love Jesus. And those who love Jesus will be loved by the Father. And not only that, but Jesus himself will love them. And he will manifest himself to them. Somehow, someway, there will be visitations from heaven above. So how about it? Would you be willing to say, and 
I can tell you, we're not going to judge anybody here today, but would you be willing to say, you know, Pastor, I come to church, and I love the singing, I love the worship, but I'm not really in my Bible on a daily basis. I'm not really studying the Word. I'm not really claiming the Word. I'm not really in a Bible study class. Would you be willing to say, you know what? I, I may not be sure of everything that preacher has said this morning, but I'm sure of this. The Bible is true. And I'm sure Jesus made a promise. And I'm sure of this. If I keep what he said, if I do what he said, he'll keep his promise. Would you make a commitment to get in your Bible, study your Bible, claim it, and, not, and, and don't just study it and read it and obey it. Study it and read it and obey it with the great anticipation that the Lord himself is going to somehow, some way, reveal himself to you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.